So it is now 8 o'clock on the East Coast. It is time for Mike on the Mic. Rock Deep Rogue Radios, Mike on the Mic. So here we go, guys. Let's get this thing started. Rock Deep Rogue Radio and FXBG Pirate Radio Studios presents... This is called Pirate Radio. We tell ourselves that we are the walking dead. Lady, I'm afraid I'm going to have to ask you to leave the store. Who the hell are you? Name's Ash. Housewares. Mike, what a mic! It is useless to resist. Don't let yourself be destroyed as only one did. Mike, what a mic! I swear to God. Swear to me! You know the difference between justice and punishment? Zero. Now, plane zero. Pam, I will end you. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, my name is Mike Lunsford, and this is my show. It is Mike on the Mic on the Rock Deep Rogue Radio Network. We have got a fantastic show in store for you this evening. We have got Mr. Nathan Cook, uh, who I would say motivational speaker is what he does, but it's a little more than that. Um, we're teasing you here, guys. I can't give it all away right now. You'll have to listen to what he has to say. Uh, but you can check out his stuff. It is NathanCook.com. Uh, it's also TheSuccessBoard.com as well. Uh, but joining me in studio is my co-host for this evening, our newest Rock Deep Rogue Radio contributor, and the guy who proved his worth by doing all three days at AwesomeCon this past weekend. His name is MC Brooks. What's going on? What's going on? All right, man. Glad you could come down again. I know this uh, this ninety five traffic is never fun to contend with. So yeah, it took about, it took almost two hours today as opposed to like ninety minutes or a little under ninety minutes last time. Ridiculous, isn't it? Yeah. You want to go anywhere? You have to plan your whole day. Yeah, I'm traffic. actually glad we decided to leave earlier because we were leaving earlier in hopes to get food before getting here, and it actually turned out, oh, hey, there's going to be like forty minutes of traffic too. <laughs> it ended up being perfect timing, right? Yeah. Yeah, it was so funny, too, because I was talking to my wife about it. I was telling her, I was like, yeah, you know, uh, MC's coming down. We might be able to um, we might be able to go out and grab some sushi or something like that. And we were looking at the clock, and I was like, he hasn't called me back, though. So, you know what? He probably uh, over- underestimated how much time it was actually going to take to get here, which everybody does because we all do that. And yeah. it's Yeah, yeah. But you got you got cookout, though, out of out of the deal. Oh, so. it was so good. Shout out to my homeboy, Seagats, who put me on to it, told me to check it out last yeah. week. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was uh, fantastic and cheap. Right. And, uh, like, for what, for what you pay for, you, like, they are terribly underpriced for, like, the quality of food you get there. The problem that I have with them, though, is there uh, – we've talked about this before, going diet-wise. When, you, yeah. when you're oh, going yeah. vegetarian yeah. and you're trying to stay healthy – like, cookout laughs at you. They're like, you want some coleslaw? Ha ha. Maybe some onion rings or french fries. Get out of here, chump. And you're just hey. like, you're walking away, like kicking a rock. And you're like, oh, man, this sucks. Right. Like, I thought it was going to be good with just fries. And then I saw the cheddar bites. And I was like, they put cheese inside it? Yeah. Yeah. It's want. A, it's a thing. Yeah. It's, a, it's definitely a thing. Um, but before we go off into some rabbit hole where we start talking about fast food for the next two hours, uh, let's introduce our guest. Uh, again, this is Mr. Nathan Cook. Uh, Nathan, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that, Mike and uh, DJ MC. What's going on? 
DJ Everything's I, doing well, fellas. I think I like that better. Yeah, that's kind of that's kind of cool. DJ MC. Yeah, I don't exactly DJ yet, but uh, I might have to. I might have to, put, <laughs> might have to start that. See, up. but he just willed it into existence. Exactly. Now you have to become a DJ. Oh yeah. See, this is why he does what he does. He's <laughs> motivating you to do something exactly that you <laughs> haven't even thought of doing it yet. Goals. That's right. Yeah. So, <laughs> as I had mentioned before, I didn't want to give away. I didn't want to just pull the rabbit out of the hat right off the bat. Um, and I'm see you're DJ and I'm rhyming like crazy. Um. <laughs> Nate, tell us a little bit about what you do, man, because uh, I'm sure the listeners are are waiting to hear exactly what the success board is, for instance, and, uh, and the kind of things that you do. Okay, yeah, fantastic. Uh, first, I want to thank you for allowing me to have this opportunity on uh, being on your show. I really appreciate it, you guys. And in terms of what I do, I do inspirational speaking. So my purpose in life, what I believe, is to just help people reach their human potential And that's just something that makes me feel good inside. So that's what I do. And I recently created the success board because a lot of people kept asking me, well, Nathan, how did you leave a well-paying job? Or Nathan, how did you self-educate yourself to trade Forex? Nathan, how did you do this and do that? And to me, it's just pretty simple. Once you decide what you want to do, you just go after it. That's it. But I realized that a lot of people know what they want in life, but they don't know how to get there. And something I've been applying, which has been helping me get results, is just simply setting goals. And I've come to find out that people are trying to hit the bullseye in life, but they don't have a target. So I created the success board, a way for people to first set a goal set a date because a lot of people don't even have a date on when they plan to accomplish something and made it fun and engaging where they create their why. I mean, why you guys do this show. I remember my first conversation with you, Mike, you said that you decided to do a podcast because you love it. You would do it for free. And it's something that you really have a passion for. So in life, a strong why creates a strong will. And I have I have people focus on their why, why they're chasing anything or why they're going to pursue anything in life. Because if, let's say, hypothetically, your why is money and you don't make any, you're going to quit. So a why is something that has to be near and dear to your heart, something that you feel like my why is to help people reach their human potential. I have no reason why I get that psychological satisfaction of doing it, but it's something that I love and I've allowed too many years of my life go by that I wasn't doing something that I love, but that's my why. Yeah. Um, so they have their why. And let me know if I'm talking too, too, too much if you guys need to interject. When this it comes to podcasts, man, this. there is no such thing as talking too much. So just keep going. <laughs> okay, sounds good. The floor is mine. Yes, sir. Um, so the another thing that I have on the success board is habits. We're all creatures of habits. So the reason why we are where we are today, whether it's financially, whether it's physically, whether it's spiritually, it's because of our habits. So on the success board, I talk about new habits. Once we're willing to change our habits, we're going to change our outcome. It's um, uh, um, what, what is it called? Action and reaction. So for every action, there's an equal reaction. If we change our habits, we'll change our outcome. Another thing that I have on the success board is your vision. So you'll put pictures on there, things that motivate you, things that you see that you're going to be accomplishing. 
my wife recently filled out her success board and she's going to be running her first marathon, her first half marathon um, a couple of months from now. And she has pictures of her running through the finish line with a big smile on her face. She has pictures of some shoes because she plans on buying some new shoes as well. She has a picture of the route that she's going to be running. So we have to have to visualize what we're going to accomplish and a reason why is because everything in life happens twice. It happens in the mind, and then it happens in the physical. So for you, Mike, yeah. when you decided to create the podcast, mm-hmm. it first started in the mind as an idea. And then as you started pondering over that idea, it started to come, it started to feel real for you. And then you started to take action. So that's the reason why it's important to have pictures that inspire you to motivate you. And then um, I have something called milestones. Mm-hmm. And Typically, people set a goal and it's just too big to accomplish. You want to lose 50 pounds, 100 pounds. Well, the milestones is set up specifically to break down your goals in five smaller goals to make it more obtainable and manageable. And not only that, but as you hit your small or your little milestones, you get rewarded. So you'll have your rewards as well. So you have your five milestones and you have your five rewards. So my wife, for example, we're vegan. Her first uh, milestone is to run four miles, mm-hmm. and when she hits that plat, uh, when she hits that uh, milestone, she's going to, or I'm going to, have to take her to this restaurant that she loves. That's called Great Sage. It's a vegan restaurant, um, but she gets rewarded along the way, which makes it engaging, and she's looking forward to hitting that milestone. And the final milestone is for her to run a half marathon and complete her half marathon. But what my wife is going to get is going to get an all-day spa. So she's going to treat herself to an all-day spa for reaching her goal. Because the way that the psyche works, it's the same as we were when we were kids, as we're adults. When we do something, we get rewarded, we feel good. We we want more of it. We want to keep getting rewarded. It's just natural, just human nature. Um, so that's the success board in a nutshell. And I know it works because this isn't something that I've read in a book, but this is something that I live. And I know that everyone can, well, actually everyone has the capacity of making change in their life. It's just a lot of people lack the tenacity. So I'm just trying to marry the goal to action to help people make change in their life. Okay. Well, let me ask you a couple questions. Because um, the first the first question that I have about that is one thing that ends up being a, a big hurdle for anybody who wants to do, do these sorts of things, um, like for instance, podcasting or like you're doing, um, is getting rid of that nine to five. It, it's because it's not just the stability. Because you know that that nine to five is going to be a paycheck. You know the nine to five is going to give you health insurance. You know the nine to five is is going to be there as long as you continue to live up to your end of the bargain, basically. I think that the biggest hurdle for a lot of people is fear. How difficult is that to to overcome? That fear, uh, especially if you've got a family, the fear of I want my dreams to become a reality, but I also don't want to put my family in jeopardy. Man, that is a good question. So That's why I'm here. When man. I quit my job, I actually had a party at yeah. my house because again, it's all about celebrating milestones. And I told the people that came to the party that. What I'm doing is very fearful, but the dream is bigger than the fear. And that's what I said then. But as I've continued to 
read and educate myself, I finally realized that fear is fake. <laughs> fear doesn't exist. It only exists in the minds of people who hold fearful thoughts. So when we concentrate on what we're going to lose, we're going to have fear. But when we focus on what we can gain, the mindset is totally different. Again, it's reality. You have a family. I, ha I have a wife. I have a mortgage. I understand that we have obligations. You want to have health insurance. But the thing is, do you want to live your life knowing that somebody else may be born in another generation to take a dream that you had? And that doesn't bode well with me. I don't, I don't want somebody else taking my dreams. I want people to look up to aspire to be like me. And I believe that if someone else can do it, why can't I? No one is more brilliant or more special than anyone else. It's just that the people that actually did it, they took the same risk that I had to take, that you're going to have to take to actually just take the jump. And again, it's hard, but you just don't take the jump, you prepare. So you obviously start making sure that you have a stream of income coming in. And then you also have money saved up. So the way I went about it is I knew that I wanted to have time freedom. So I had to figure out a way to generate another stream of income. So I studied how to trade Forex. It took me over about a year and four months, but I figured out a way to still make money. So I first owned my time and now I can actually focus in on my passion, which is the inspirational speaking. So again, it is fearful. Yes. But just think about what you can gain from the experience. And not only that, I don't have kids yet, but I don't want to look at my, my son or my daughter telling them that they can live their dreams in life. And I'm not leading by an example. I want to be able to tell them that they can do anything and everything that they want to do because mommy or daddy is leading by example. And I will tell you, it's hard as hell. It's hard not being able to hang around the same people because they could, they still have the same mindset. Yeah. And it reminds me of what Mark Twain said. He said, whenever you find yourself on the side of, side of the majority, it's time to pause and reflect. And it's a point in your life where you just have to just take the jump. But to answer your question, you just got to do it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So uh, just to follow up that, um, you know, whenever you decide to, you know, take the risk of, you know, leaving your job or to pursue your dreams, you know, for the most part, you always come across people who try to, you know, tear you down or try to dissuade you from that. So what kind of things did you say to the people in your life who perhaps tried to dissuade you from, you know, quitting your job um, and, and leaving the security of having a job in order to pursue your dreams? That's a good question, MC. So. I've realized that people are going to tell us what we can accomplish because they can't see it for themselves. Yeah. So that's the first thing. The second thing is when somebody told me that, Hey, it might be a bad idea or Nathan, you and your wife are planning to have kids or work on kids this year. I don't think that's a, a, a good thing for you to do right now at this stage in your life. Again, I just focused on what my heart was telling me because I've made too many decisions in my life with my mind and my mind has just kept me being part of the masses. So when people would try to persuade me not to take the risk, I just had to, again, focus on that they don't see what I see for myself. They're only looking at my life 
through their perspective, not mine. So what I see for myself is nothing what they see. Okay. Yeah. I mean, and I'm one of my favorite quotes of all time is don't let somebody who's done nothing tell you how to do anything. Right. And, I like that. Yeah. And like I, it's doing this, there was – when I first started doing the podcasting thing, there was a lot of self-doubt. Was It was like, am I doing this good? Is this going to be something that people want to listen to? Is this something that – is going to get bigger. Like, does anybody even care? Am I just talking to myself basically and recording it? Right. And I would have people say, well, I don't like this or I don't like that. And then realizing that they have never done anything and they just critique. And it's, it's something that I always reflect on a lot too, is like, how, how really can you go forward with anything if you're not confident in yourself? And that's always been like the first thing you got to know what you got to know that what you're doing is the right thing. And sometimes you need somebody else to remind you of that. Sometimes right. you got to remind yourself because sometimes there's nobody else to tell you that. So. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. And if, the thing is, is that whenever someone else's opinion means more than your own opinion, then you do need a self-check because that should never be the case. You should always focus on, and, and I'm not saying this to be sti- uh, that you should be stingy, but you have to focus on your own opinion before someone else's. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Because ultimately, you got to look yourself in the mirror. Exactly. Yeah. And you, you come into the world alone, and there's, you're going to leave the world alone, too. So yep. if you can't make peace with yourself, then it's going to be a rough time, basically. Um, <laughs> what, what I want to know is, is like, was, the, was there like a light bulb moment where one day you were just like, I'm done. I, I got I to change everything. I got to make sure that um, I, I'm living my dream. Like, did it? Was it basically like, was it a process where it was like, you know, these are the steps that I'm going to follow and then I'm going to do this. Or you were just like, you know what? And you just dropped the mic right there and you're like, I'm out. I'm starting this today. I dropped the mic and I was like, I'm out. And I can tell you exactly when it happened. I was sitting on the couch. My wife was cooking dinner and in the corner, it's a tripod. My wife videotapes herself working out and the tripod was in the corner. And for a split second, I thought about, my life being recorded 24-7, and if people were watching the life of Nathan Cook, what would they see? And what I saw was that people would just see me doing the same thing day after day, month after month, year after year. That if they were watching my movie for the last five years, it would be of the same thing. And I knew that I did not want that to be my life, similar to the Truman Show. And that's when I was just like, I'm, I got to do something different with my life. And it was at the end of December. And at the beginning, um, at the end of December, I wrote down my goals, what I plan to accomplish. And I just went full force. I started waking up at 430 every, every morning, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, even on holidays. It was actually a time where it was some challenges in the marriage because I would wake up at 4.30, learn how to trade. I would read books about inspiration. I would go to work. After I got home from work, instead of me sitting down and watching TV with my wife, I went upstairs in the office and I was reading. And I did that for over a year. And this is what makes me feel so confident that anybody can accomplish anything because I don't have a college education. I have struggled just like many other people out there and I just put in the work. That's the, that's the, that's the biggest difference. You just got to put in the work. So that moment was when I just said, you know what? I'm not living my life like this. I don't like the movie of Nathan Cook. I want to be able to look back and, on my life in a movie of, of 
what I've created and be something be something I could be proud of. So again, it was just mic drop. Let's make this happen. Did you have any moments of doubt, you know, on your journey now? Like at any point where you kind of like, you know, did I make the right choice? You know, am I tripping right now? Did I did I do the right thing? No, I really didn't have any doubts. Um, I really think, not think, but I know that meditating really helped me overcome that because I focused on what I'm going to accomplish. I already see myself being successful. I walk like it. I talk like it. So I didn't really hit that barrier that a lot of people speak about because I just... I just feel very confident in in who I am and what I can accomplish because I've known I know where I've come from. So a lot of times people don't focus on their successes and what I've done lately is just focus on what I've accomplished. I accomplished graduating high school. I was the youngest senior director in a home-based business company. I self-educated myself on Forex. I started my business in my early 20s. I focus on the things that I've accomplished. And if anyone actually thinks about all the things that they've accomplished in life, they already are proven. They're successful. You guys may have graduated high school, college education. You got married. You stayed married. I'm a divorcee. So you guys have been married. You're a great dad. You, you guys are doing things that a lot of people aren't able to do. You started a podcast. You're already doing things that have separated yourself as being successful. And I think that instead of having this mindset, once you accomplish something, it's behind you, keep it in front of you. You come in my house, you're going to see success boards. You're going to see photos of, of accomplishments that me and my wife have done. You're going to see her diploma up. You're going to see pictures of us doing things together because you, you start to believe in yourself. And when you start to doubt yourself, that's when you start losing belief. You start losing faith. And there's no reason to not have that faith and that belief that you can accomplish anything because tr the truth is there's nothing that we cannot do, be, or have. It's just the mindset. And when you get that mindset set on that one thing, yeah. oh man, it's, it's butter. <laughs> uh, we actually have one of our listeners, and she's not just a listener, she's actually one of our contributors as well, uh, Miss Yolanda Harvey, has a question for you. Uh, she says, um, "What at what point do you look at your dreams if things aren't going the way that you turned out and you say, uh, <laughs> here, I'll read it word for word. Um, but at what point is in your pursuit, do you say, Hey, this isn't turning out quite like I imagined, not necessarily giving up on the dream, but at what point have you spent too much time trying your dream? My dream to me is it's a life journey. So I don't look at it as me spending too much time on it because it's not spending time, it's investing time. And there are times that I've planned on accomplishing something at a certain date. And I did not hit that date. And I just knew that I needed to attack and I had to readjust and attack differently. So when you don't hit a goal at the, the date or the time that you want, you just have to keep on going because that's that's the difference between the winners and the quitters. Robert Kiyosaki said, losers quit when they fail. Winners fail until they succeed. So 
with the mindset that, look, I'm not going to hit every milestone. I'm not going to accomplish things when, when I want to accomplish them, but no matter what, I will see it through. And that's the main thing. Now I am human. I do get down at times. I do get stressed out just like everyone else, but I wake up in the morning knowing that that was yesterday and my yesterdays have nothing to do with my tomorrows. And I am in control of where I go because we have to take ownership. I could blame the government. I could blame that I only have a, a, a high school education. I could blame that I'm black. I could blame that I'm a male. There's always an excuse that we can give. But again, as long as we're able to get ourselves back up and keep on pursuing ahead, there's no reason why we can't finish the project. But again, you will have times that things are going to be a challenge and you just have to work through it. The successful people, they have the same challenges as everyone else. They just figure out a way to get through it. That's it. What kind of tips do you have for goal setting as far as your short-term goals versus longer-term goals? That is a good question. So the first thing is once you have a goal, you have to break it down because you have to see accomplishment. You have to see yourself progressing. So for example, and this isn't obtaining, this is somewhat obtaining to goals, but I have a to-do list every single day. A lot of people have to-do lists. Most people have a to-do list and they do not complete everything on their to-do list. And the reason why is because they formed a habit of not completing everything. So I started doing a to-do list where I would just have three things a day and I'll complete those three things, and then I'll do four, five, six, seven, and I'll make sure that I complete everything on my to-do list. If there's ever a day that I don't complete my to-do list, which it doesn't happen anymore, but if there is a day, then I'll reduce the amount of things that are on my to-do list because you want to create the habit of finishing things through. Again, a lot of people have the habit of not finishing things through. So when it comes to goals, set small goals. Don't set big goals. Set something small. Get yourself in a habit of accomplishing certain things. It may be a goal as something as simple as making your bed every morning for the next 30 days. Or it could be making a goal of taking a 30-minute walk three days a week. But you want to start small and just create that habit. Because 90% of what we do, based on the latest research, 90% of everything that we do every day is based on habit. So understanding the mind and how you operate, you can actually start to see yourself doing and accomplishing more. Again, it's a process. This is not that does not happen overnight, but it will happen over time. But we have to be persistent, consistent, and patient. And again, you're going to have your ups and your downs, but you just have to keep on going. So uh, we got a couple more minutes here, uh, Nathan. And um well, I mean, we'll go till 8, 8.30, basically. But we do have some more people that uh, have some questions for you. Um, another Rock Deep Rogue Radio contributor, uh, Jeremy Lee, uh, wants to know, how do I start my success board? Is it a physical vision board type or a thing? Um, and I, this is an easy tie-in for you here with the website. So, <laughs> <laughs> Yes. And I'm sorry, what's the gentleman's name? Uh, this is Jeremy. Jeremy's one of our uh, contributors. His uh, show is called Real Life with Jay Lee. Okay, Jeremy. Uh, thanks for the question, Jeremy. So you can go to thesuccessboard.com, and it's an actual board. So it's a 36 by 24 inch board that you put on your wall. It comes with the marker, comes with that um, adhesive strips to stick on the wall. And you'll put your main goal at the top of the board, and it's already pre-set up. So you just fill in the blanks. 
and you're going to put in your main goal, you're going to put in your why, your new habits, you're going to get your pictures, your milestones, you're going to put your rewards and which which you're going to reward yourself for accomplishing your goals. And it actually is a spot on there for your favorite quote. My favorite quote actually is by Charles Kettering. He said, believe and act as if it were impossible to fail. But that's where you would get the board at thesuccessboard.com. All right. Good stuff, man. And then also, too, I mean, we got to uh, pub your uh, your site yourself. That is nathancook.com. Um, that, I mean, I've actually been looking at it right here. It's got a little bit uh, about you. It's got some testimonials, or as they're put here, vestimonials. Um, yes. But also how they can book you, how they can uh, see some of the things that you're doing. So uh, if you would like, you are more than welcome to hang out with us because uh, the next part of our uh, our next 30 minutes here of, uh, of Mike on the Mic, we are going to be talking about what we did uh, this weekend. But also, too, if you want to go, you are more than welcome to. Okay, yeah, I'll love to stick, stick around for a while. Um, so not a problem. Let's go. All right. All right. So, Marcus. I'm going to pump up the music here a little bit because right. we got Back to the Future going on. <laughs> Love it. Um, so, awesome con. I want to I gush about this for just a second here because um, I've done awesome con before. This is, uh, this is actually the fifth time I've done it. Um, and I've done it in three different aspects. I did it uh, the first two years I did it as – a uh, exhibitor like I had I had my comic book okay. that we were selling and that's an experience unto itself um, but then um, I've been there twice as a um, once as a podcaster um, last year I went and actually helped uh, Ulysses Campbell with his show Fantastic Forum um, and then this year we went as press right being press is awesome so awesome like, did you like? Did you see this? Did you run into the same things? Because we went, like, you went on Friday. I, I wasn't there on Friday, but like, when I walked in, there were all these people in line, right? And there was this, like, there was this gate right there to get to the press room, and I was like, oh, I gotta walk around. And I look at the security guard, and I was like, um, I'm, I'm, I'm press. Do I need to go around? And he's like, no, no, sir. Let me move the gate. He moved. <laughs> he called me sir, <laughs> and he moved the gate for me. That was dope. I was so excited about that. It's like I'm I'm a big deal. All right. Hell yeah. Yeah, yeah it was pretty awesome cuz like when I would go to certain panels that there would be lines for, like yeah. I would be walking towards the line and then yeah. like someone would see my pass and be like, "Oh, no, you can just, you know, go right in." Like when I went to the Stephen the Mail panel on yeah. Sunday, yeah. like the line for that was wrapped around the wrapped around the floor yeah. and I was able to just kind of walk in. Yeah. As if, you know, as if there was no line, as if no one was there. It was really crazy. Yeah. I've never experienced that before at a con ever. It is. It's, to- it's, it's like such a powerful feeling too because like I didn't want it to go to my head, but I was definitely thinking of stuff like that. But like, do you know who I am? Do you see this badge? Get out of my way. Who do you think you are? I'm pressed, damn it. Yeah, but no, I didn't do that because then we would get kicked out and that would be bad. <laughs> Trying nope. to get invited back next year. I know, right? We're we're <laughs> trying to build things here. We don't need to be making bad names for ourselves, burning bridges. That's that's later down the road. We can do that. Exactly. When we're a really big deal, then we can burn bridges and start <laughs> fights and stuff like that. Uh, or like last week when we were talking about just talking trash about everybody. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, it was it was a lot of fun though, and it was um, and I, I started doing an article on the website, which it'll be up later this week, and obviously you guys will see it on Facebook and on Instagram. Um, but I started writing about it too because um. It's it's some people don't like listening and some people like reading, yeah. but also too, 
when I do the article, you'll get to see all the pictures that we took too, because we took yes. some awesome pictures. There were some amazing cosplayers there. Um, I want to give a shout out to some of my friends that are artists that were there. Um, Philip Jean Pierre, uh, Kevin Hunt, they were both uh, at a table. They were just doing awesome stuff. They were the ones that had the uh, sketchbook. Oh yeah, that you were looking it, at yeah. yeah. Um, great artists. They'll actually be on the other project on on GGR later oh, this awesome. month, uh, so we'll be able to talk to them too. But just in general, like every time these cons come around, I'm always like, oh, I don't really need to go. It's not that big a deal. I'm not that excited about it. And then I go, and I realize I'm in the right spot because I, I see the same things that get me excited. I see people who are doing creative things with art that are doing interesting things with stories. Um, I get to talk to people like Wes Johnson, right. the, the guy who's the in, uh, in-rank announcer for oh, the yeah. Capitals. Mm-hmm. I, I just walked over. I was like, hey, Wes, I met you last year. Oh, yeah, hey, how are you? Oh, we're Facebook <laughs> friends. Like, he's a, he's a celebrity. He could, he could tell me to kick rocks, and, and I would have to because he's a celebrity. Right. But, like, he didn't do that. He was, he was cool. He was inviting. He was just incredibly gracious. I asked him if we, we could set something up to do uh, a show with us, and he was like, oh, yeah, sure. You know, just reach out to me on Facebook. Yeah, that's like, awesome. Yeah. Everybody there was cool. Like, we got to go to the Cress Williams right. panel. With Another you. one we just walked into. Oh, yeah, we just walked in because we're, <laughs> we're a big goddamn deal. Just you walked know? in there, yeah. And, like, and Cress Williams is, like, he was super cool. He right. was just, like, the, the chillest dude. Like, and one of, one of the guys was, like, totally making fun of him. He was just, like, how does nobody recognize you? It's a, exactly. it's a black dude with a beard. And <laughs> when you're a superhero, you're a black dude with a beard with glasses. Like, how do they not know who you are? And, like, they just laughed it off. Like, right. it was... It was cool, but, like, also, too, and I'm writing this in the article, too. I've known Yuli for about two years now. That's the first time I've gotten to see Yuli do a panel. Oh. And, like, just watching him, like, get into his element and just, like, it was, like, showtime, you know? He was just, like, bam, and he was up there, and he puts it up, and he's like, hey, this is Ulysses Campbell from Fantastic <laughs> Forum. And I was like, who is this dude? I was I was impressed. I was like, man, this guy, he knows he has that switch. And it right. was it was impressive, like, seeing people that you know have that like that that switch you know where right. all of a sudden it's game time and, and and it was super impressive because the same thing happened sunday at the bautista panel yeah uh i didn't see him before yeah. i got there i watched the panel but yeah. i caught him afterwards and it was yeah. like it, you almost wouldn't have known that it was the same it was the same guy who was up st- who was up on stage yeah uh, talking to talking to these mega stars like right. they're just regular people. Yeah. But then you get off stage and he's just really easy to talk to, very welcoming, very very open. Like oh nice. So crazy. he didn't he didn't blow you off on Sunday. No. <laughs> okay good. All right. No, I know he wouldn't. I'm just joking. Like Yuli is like one of the nicest dudes I know. Like on the Facebook absolutely planet. yeah. Um, while we're giving him, we'll, we'll we'll shoot him a little shout out here. Uh, Ulysses Campbell is the host of Arlington in the Morning. That is on WERA. So that is 96.7 if you're in the Arlington area, or you can check it out at WERA.FM. He is also the host of a show called Fantastic Forum, which is on Saturdays on WERA at 4 to 5. I'm a frequent contributor. Hint, hint, nudge, nudge. You should totally listen. (laughs) Um, But he also has a podcast, which I helped him put up on iTunes. So you guys can check out Fantastic Forum Radio on iTunes to hear any of those. And it's a website. This guy, he's a busy dude. Fantasticforum.tv because the, it did start off as a TV show. It's on a lot of local stations, but you can also check out some of the episodes on the website as well. So, um, I was trying to debate though, like what was what was the coolest part? Like, what what was the thing that that jumped out to you the most? Well, hmm, I think I think just how kind of accessible some of the celebrities were as far as the 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 meet the meetups that they had um 
being able to walk in the panels. Like, I mean, this was my first awesome con, so I kind of didn't have, I w- wasn't sure what to expect upon going. Yeah. But I think, like, the, the entire thing was just an experience in and of itself. Like, I, I'm not even sure if I could really s- just select one thing without feeling like I'm disrespecting the other. Yeah. Like, really awesome things that were that were there. Like, the exhibit hall was fe- was phenomenal. Yeah. It was really easy to find uh, all of the different uh, things that were around, whether it was the artist alley or the the vendors. Um, it was just awesome all all around. Like I, I'm not even sure I can pick just one thing. Okay, okay. I mean, and that's that's fair too. I mean, I think that just the whole the whole like experience in general. This is the first time I've really gotten to do any panels because when you're when you're an exhibitor, you kind of need to stay near your table because right. one, I mean, you're selling stuff and that's your main focus. But two, you can't just leave your money just chilling there because, I mean, like, it's still in right. D.C., you know? You don't just leave money laying around. Um, but, yeah, like, it was – I got to see some some things that I would never seen before. I didn't realize it took up the whole thing. Like, there yeah. were multiple floors to this. Like, I knew that it from seeing the map, but I had never really, like, put any interest into it. But, like, if we go again next year, which, I mean, if we're Rock T programming, yeah. of course we're going to go. We're we a big deal. There. We a like... big deal now. Um, <laughs> well, I think that we might have to see if we can get another pass – and have like some one one of us that goes like out on the floor, another person that's like going up and doing panels, just to see all right. the different stuff. And ultimately, I would love to be able to be moderating a panel. That's oh, what. That'd that's, be, yeah, that'd yeah, be awesome. That's kind of the dream. Um, let me ask uh, Nathan. Nathan, have you are you a comic book nerd like we are? I mean, as we as we gush about our nerddom here. <laughs> I am not, but while you guys were talking, yeah. I was looking online and I'm amazed. I mean, it said it was over 70,000 people there. Yeah, it was big. And yeah. Wow. So I was just curious, how did you guys get this special pass? Okay, so um, all right, let me pull the curtain back a little bit. <laughs> so um, because I've done events like this before, um, it, when you go on the Awesome Cons website, and you ask them for press access. It's like, do you want to be there as press? You basically have to show them why you would be a good. It would be a good reason for you to go there. So they're like, do you have examples of you covering Awesome Con in the past? Do you have other pertinent information that that would make sense? Why should we give you a free pass to come to this event? So I, I showed them the podcast that I had done for another outlet that I used to work for. Um, I showed them articles that I had written. So I was able to give them pretty good breadth of. Uh, work to show that when we come here, we're not just going to be like ooh and an on ah the whole time and like it, just wasting wasting it. We are going right. to be talking about them as we're doing right now. Right. We're going to talk about them. We're going to write about them. We're going to share pictures. We're going to make sure that other people know that this is an awesome event to go to in DC. And like that was the cool thing about it too was that like they understood that and right. they gave us they gave us access to it. So it was it was a credit to Rock Deep Rogue Radio. That, like, we've got enough listenership, because that did have something to do with it, too, is that we're not just, like, broadcasting to, like, three or four people, you know? Yep. But those exactly. loyal those loyal three or four people, we appreciate you, all of you. It's the rock out there selling bootleg CDs of our uh, podcasts. Um, it's an inside joke, sorry. Um, but, like, it's it, – it was just – that was – you want to talk about, like, a success board. That That's something that I never really would have thought of something to strive for. But it was actually something that I was really happy that we had achieved, that we're, uh, we're thought of well enough in the community already in our first year of existence right. that they were like, okay, we can give these guys access, and they're going to do something good with it. So, yeah. Exactly. And just hearing you guys talk about Awesome Con, yeah. it actually has me excited. So yeah. I used to collect comic books back in the day, but, man, it's, I feel as if I should go next year. 
Oh yeah, you totally should. Yeah. Yeah, it's an experience. Even yeah. if you're not as into comics or anything yeah. like you may have been years ago, it's still an experience in and of itself. Like you'll find something there that will resonate with you that that you will you will have a good time for sure. Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um as far as as far as something that you wish you maybe you had gotten to do, was there anything that you missed out on? John Boyega. Oh, dude, you, right? Uh, I, I, I'm kicking myself because I'm thinking back now, and I'm like, what was I doing that was so important at 6 o'clock on Friday that I did not go to the John Boyega panel? Yeah. I do not know. I don't have an answer, and I, I wish I, I wish I got an opportunity to see him. Well, and I'll tell you something this, to kind of tie this in with what we're talking about with Nathan. Um, to set this as a goal for next year when we do Awesome Con again, because we got to do it again next year, right. is now we know that we can get in where we need to get in. So we might want to start reaching out to some of these guys and seeing if we can get interviews with them beforehand. Because, like, yeah. that was – you remember that, like, when we walked in, they had that flyer about the uh, Lost in Space show that was on Netflix? Yeah. And it was yeah. like, hey, if you want to uh, get press access for this or you want to talk to the people, here's how you do it. You can do the same thing for all of the people that are showing up. Oh. So we can do the same thing, and we can maybe see if we can swing an interview with – I mean, I don't think he's going to be there next year. But if John Boyega shows up again or if Dave Bautista is there or whoever – we can see if we can maybe schedule a little bit of time just to talk to them, just ask them a few questions, maybe have them say, you know, Rock Deep Rogue Radio is the best, you know? Yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah. So it's – that's the best thing. As long as we're taking away something from this and learning from it, then, I mean, it's a win-win situation. It's right. fun and we learn stuff, so. Exactly. Yep. Um, what about you? Did you feel like you missed out on – was there anything uh, that you missed out on that you, you know, perhaps wanted to see either Friday or Saturday – not really. Um, I mean, like, in a perfect world, I'd get to do everything and get to see every single person there and, and really get to talk to every single person because I feel like there's I feel like there's somebody out there, like there's an artist or a writer who's got this cool story, and it's not a matter of, like, all the big names, all the Spider-Mans, the Supermans, the, the Aquamans, all those, like, are, are, are there for a reason, right? Because, you right. know, they were well-written, well-drawn, whatever it was, right? But I feel like there's so much out there that there's got to be some really, really good, talented writers and artists that just aren't getting enough notice yet. Right. And and that's yeah. actually something that I tried to do when I was walking around the artist alley downstairs, which yeah. is every table that I stopped at, I tried to like talk to the people about their work. Yeah. And I, I got contact information for a few of the people I spoke to because I'm like, the work you're doing is really awesome. And if I can do something to perhaps expose your work to more people who yeah. may be interested in what you do, then I absolutely would love to help you all out and, and do what I can to help. Well, and that's what that's what Rock Deep Road Radio is all about. And that's why we're joined with my other project with uh, GGR, the Great Geek Refuge. They're, both of these organizations that we've created are about trying to have a place for everyone to be able to share the things that they love. Right. With Rock Deep Rogue Radio, it's about having, um, we talk sports, we talk relationships, we talk uh, pop culture, we talk music, and it's not the same thing that you're hearing everywhere else. It's our own spin. There's no I influence from outside sources, you know, that's, hence the, the rogue name. Right. Um, that's why this is important, because a lot of people don't get a voice, and they don't know where to go to to have one, and that's why I want Rogue Ra Rock Deep Rogue Radio to grow is this is a perfect outlet for everybody to be able to talk whenever they want to and not have to worry about, like, if Clear Channel has a problem with it or <laughs> if Chad Dukes is going to yell over them because he's having another <laughs> diatribe about something. Like, it's – and, like, 
it, it's just one of those things where if you can't make a difference and you can't help somebody, then, then get out of the way, you know? Right. Like, at least don't stop anybody from trying to do something that they're trying to do. So, um, right. yeah, and that kind of ties in with what, with what Nathan was saying, too, is, like, if you can't do something to achieve your dreams, at least this is the, the way I believe. If you, if you feel like your dream, for whatever reason, you just can't achieve it, at least try to help somebody else achieve theirs, you know? Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Because all it takes is that one opportunity for, for someone to, for someone to uh, feel like they have accomplished something. Like yeah. a few of the people I spoke to when I told them like, hey, like I, you know, I work with a radio station right now. I'd love to perhaps maybe get you on to talk about your stuff. Like yeah. their eyes would light up and be like, wow, yeah. like someone's actually really interested in what yeah. I'm doing. Like it's almost like a, a mama, I made it moment for them. Yeah. Yeah. And like. Um, on the flip side too, as being a, an exhibitor and somebody who's sold their creative content, that is the biggest high ever is when somebody comes up to you and they, they open up your comic book, they look at it and you explain to them, you're telling them what it is. And they're like, Oh snap. All right, here, here's five bucks. And you're just like, hell yeah. Like <laughs> on the flip side though, when people look at your stuff and they just look at you and they scoff and they walk away, you're just like, damn, what is this? Oh. really? Really? <laughs> Why is it in black and white? Because it's film noir, dude. Chill out. Like it's. Yeah, like it's – but, I mean, we were kind of talking about it before. Like just because – that's another thing too is like when we made that comic book, I knew it wasn't going to be for everybody. Right. I mean it's a it's a paranormal investigator comic book, and it's done in black and white because it's supposed to be film noir style. I know that not everybody's going to look at this and be like, oh, awesome, I want this. There's no women in tight spandex. So I know some people are not going to be appreciative of this. <laughs> but some people are going to read it, and they're going to be like, oh, this is actually pretty funny. Oh, I like this. Okay, this is cool. Right. All right. And if you, you're never going to have 100% of the audience ever. But as long as you can get a couple of people who are going to be like, oh, this is dope, then, uh, then, it's, then it's a win. But like right. you said, now that we're in this position, we might as well be trying to help some of these other people that are trying to do the same thing. Right. And it, uh, what you just said actually ties into some, uh, something I told someone just yesterday um, about keeping the focus on, you know, not so much on the detractors and the people who may not care for what exactly you're doing. But focus on the people who are there, who are interested in what you're doing, and show a genuine interest in yeah. you and your work itself. That's something that I've, I've even found with my own music and with the other things that I've had going, um, that those are the people who motivate me to keep going, not so much worrying about, oh, my God, these people don't like it. Uh, what if no one ever likes it? But no, like I, I had, you know, there are a handful of folks who do like it, and yeah. I'm going to I'm going to continue doing what I do because I know for someone, you know, whatever the market is, someone out there is going to like it. And that is partially, you know, what we do this for. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, I want to kind of pivot towards um, – because there really wasn't a lot of chatter uh, while we were there. Uh, We're going to go into our our next topic here and talk about uh, the Avengers, Infinity War. In fact, let's – Cue up the Avengers music here. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Um, this it didn't seem to have as much uh, hype at AwesomeCon. I figured there would be a ton of people that were cosplaying, and that everybody would be talking about it, and that everybody would be like, you'd see a million shirts, you'd see like everybody, every stand would have something about Infinity War. But it's just kind of like, eh. yeah, it's, uh, it's, yeah, it's coming, I guess. Yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> like it's it doesn't seem as hype and. Whether this is a bad thing or a good thing, I think it's because Black Panther stole a lot of its thunder. Yeah, because I mean, it's it's a hard act. To be fair, it's a yeah. hard act to follow. 
Because yeah. I don't think anyone, even the people at Marvel, expected Black Panther no. to do as well as it did. And for it to have the success it's had uh, well over a month after its release. Well, and like, and this is from like a, a pure outsider's perspective on this, too. Like, I'm not African-American. So for me to see a movie of people that look like me is really, really easy. Like, I can close my eyes and go into a video store and just be like, <laughs> oh, there it is. Right there. Found it. <laughs> hey, look, a white person doing something awesome. Like, it's easy for me to find. Right. Um, it's not easy for African-Americans, especially kids, right. to find, like, positive role models doing some awesome stuff on, on, on the big screen. And even if this movie had sucked, even if this movie was Batman versus Superman bad, it still would have made a, an ass load of money because it was, again, we had positive role models in the African-American community actually doing something cool. But then on top of that, it turned out to be a badass flick. Like, that's yep. just a win-win. Like, yep. and it's, and you knew, you knew it was good when you started seeing racist white people making shit up when they were just like, <laughs> I, I got beat up when I went to go see the Black Panther. They punched me in the eye and they called me a cracker. And that didn't happen. That Shut didn't up. Happen. You stole a picture from Tumblr circa exactly, 2015. Right? <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> it was, it was killing me though, because like, like it just, racist white people just can't let anybody have anything. Can they? Like, nope. Black Lives Matter. Hashtag Black Lives Matter. No, all lives matter. Really, right. just let it go, man. Come on. It's okay to let people enjoy things. Let, yeah. Like, let us have our moment. It's okay. The Avengers is out the next month, or yeah. this month now. So. And that's like, it's like 85% white anyways, right? <laughs> right. Don't worry. Black Panther will be back to the background. You'll get the rest of the, <laughs> the, you get the, rest of the Avengers to, it'll you know, be, you know we're going to get two hours of Tony and Cap talk, you know, yeah. like. And their weird bromance that they have. We broke up at the end of Civil War, but we're still together because he sent me a cell phone and a letter or some stupid crap like that. Like, God, that movie made me so mad. I, hated uh, I really, the one thing, just to, I really wanted Tony to give Cap a fade at the end of Civil War. Like, I felt like it was so well-deserved. Yeah. Because I'm like, Cap, Cap, you know, because the way Cap talked about Tony and the rest of the Avengers were like, yeah. oh, you're not really my friends. I just kind of work with you guys. Like, he talked about Bucky, like, Bucky is my friend, blah, blah, this and that. Yeah. And, like, I felt like Tony had real reason to felt to feel really disrespected. He like, oh, you knew, you knew he killed my parents. Yeah. You withheld this information. And, and now that I am rightfully angry upon finding this information, you're acting like I don't have a right to be angry. Yeah. It's crazy. No. And, like, the worst part about it, too, is, is like, like you said, you know, they basically, they unfroze Cap. You know, they, they welcomed him on, onto the team with open arms, even though he was weird and didn't get any other, you know, pop culture references. Like, they, they gave him a government job for nothing. They were just like, here, run around D.C. Randomly, super soldier. You're not going to flip out and kill anybody, potentially. Uh, of course, because because everything that happened in the 40s was awesome. There was no way that there yeah. was any possibility that you could be screwed up. Okay, cool. You're fine. We'll just give you weapons and, and soldiers to command. And then, like, when Bucky shows up, he all of a sudden he becomes a teenage girl with his head on his – uh, on his uh, fist, just like right. you know, like like a cartoon with like hearts in his eyes. Like <laughs> Bucky, you're my best friend, even though you've murdered hundreds of people. No big deal. I still heart you. <laughs> like it was. What happened to duty before friendship? Like that's 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 a. If if you're a soldier and I was, if you're a soldier and one of your compatriots goes nuts and starts killing your your fellow soldiers, you take him out because that's your job. Right. Like, like duty over like honor over. What, right. what, yeah, or you don't yeah. get in the way of the others trying to take him out. Yeah. Which like, is precisely what he did. Yeah. It's, yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so I have a question for you guys. Yeah, what's up, sure. 
Do you think it's a possibility of Deadpool having a camo in Avengers? Oh no, not yet. Uh, not yet. It's too soon because okay. they did they now that now that Disney owns the Fox portion of their movie stuff, they can theoretically do this, but I think they were way too far into the post-production process with Infinity War for them to actually put Deadpool in. Plus, Deadpool wasn't really in Infinity War to begin with, so if they did it, it would just be a cash grab. Yeah, there's no real yeah. storyline or no real reason to add yeah. him in. I mean, I mean, it'd be great to have him, sure, yeah. for you know for comedic effect, but there's no real storylines. He hasn't really been in any of the other stuff, or not even by mention. So it'd be kind of awkward to just kind of yeah. have him pop up, like, "Hey guys, what are we doing?" Hey, we got a, a quick side question here from sure. uh, from Jay. Um, he wants to know if because uh, I I didn't get a, a copy of it. Did you get an issue of Tuske- uh, Tuskegee Airs? Yes. There you go, Jay. There's your answer, bud. Absolutely signed. Shout out to those guys because I, I knew them before Awesome Con, and hey, I finally got to meet them. Give me a little bit of backstory with this too. Uh, well, I haven't read the comics, so I don't want to. No, I'm saying on. like with with like because I haven't read it either. Yeah, but I, oh, yeah. Um, well, I'm part of this uh, this online Facebook group uh, put together by a good friend of mine, Erica Hardison. She has a group called My Superheroes Are Black, which is kind of like a, a, a space that was created for uh, for Black folks for people for people of color to be able to feature their artwork. Um, if they're comics, if they're creatives of any sort, and be able to kind of put it out there. Um, to you know get support and and for people to be able to check them out and i had been i i've been part of this group for about two years now yeah. and i had seen I, I had seen them uh, promoting their comic in the group yeah um ever uh for 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 a while now and i wasn't able to actually get get a get a copy of it when they or, originally had published it yeah but i i'd always um the artwork market uh marcus who does the uh the the illustration, the the uh, the drawings for it, um, he's really awesome. Lots of his stuff goes viral um, when when he whenever he posts stuff. Um, but I, but I had se- I had seen them uh, posting about it for a long while. So when I finally got an opportunity to meet them and and talk about and talk to them about what they were doing, it was it was awesome. So I, w- I was I was really yeah. happy to to to, uh, to get that. And I'm reading about him right now on their website. Um, if you go to MarcusTheVisual.com yes. slash Tuskegee hyphen airs, which is H-E-I-R-S. Uh, check it out. It's a really cool looking story, too. Um, I'm trying to see what, like, what the about page is all about. Um, so I can give you a little bit of insight on the uh, on the story here. And it just it gives me the about of, of the artist, which, I mean, it's cool. I'm sure he's a great person and we all <laughs> want to know about him. But... Um, Oh, here we go, about the comic series. Uh, Tuskegee Airs, Flames of Destiny, is a new futuristic sci-fi action comic book series set 80 years into the future that follows a squadron of young, gifted aviators who are forced to become Earth's last line of defense against a menacing race of artificially intelligent villains bent on destroying the civilization. I mean, what you got to do, right? Yep, yeah. sold. Yeah, I'm, I'm in, <laughs> yeah. Trained at the legendary Moten Field by Colonel Mars, uh, our own uh, fictional descendant of the Tuskegee Airmen. These five teens and their crew embody strong moral ethics and team strategies used by the Red Tails themselves to overcome their problems. So there is a tie-in to the origini- original yeah. Tuskegee Airmen. That's that's awesome. Okay. It, yes. Yeah. So I mean, pretty cool. Yeah. Hopefully this one, you know, maybe this will be the next next uh, Black Panther successor. So hope so. Yeah, it I does. Definitely yeah. hope so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so kind of back to I- Infinity War. Um, I'm. All right, so I'm going to out myself. Uh, I don't go see movies in the theaters. V- rarely do I see them in the theaters. 
the Same only here. the only ones that I will make a point of going to see pretty much is Star Wars. That's the only one I really make a point of spending money out of my own pocket to go see. Infinity War, I'm I'm not I don't care. <laughs> I really don't. Like it's I didn't see Avengers until like 2 years after it came out and I watched it on Netflix. Oh wow. <laughs> yeah. Like it's it's nothing against it. I mean cuz I watched it when I watched it on Netflix, I enjoyed it very much. But at the same time too, for the most part, I don't like the big, these massively epic stories because I'm, as somebody who likes to write, as somebody who has, I like to think of myself as a, as a pretty decent writer, but then also to somebody who likes to read, who likes to watch movies, I'm more interested in a better story. And I feel like you get a better story with a few people instead of lots and lots and lots of people, you know? Because the more you do, then right. you lo- then you lose that individuality. You lose what makes that person awesome. You lose what makes Iron Man uh, incredible. You, you know, you lose what makes the Hulk actually worth looking at. Like, you're trying to right. cram too much into a two-hour movie, essentially. And I think that's what it is that with this sense. film, too, because there's 18 films prior to this one, and this was this yeah. is the movie there that Marvel is hyping up. Like, this is the biggest thing we've done so far yeah and i won't lie like i had i watched three different recap videos earlier today because yep. i was like i don't remember a lot of what happened like i yep. remember the recent stuff and i could tell you i could talk to you about what happened in the last thor movie about yeah. spider-man homecoming about black panther yeah but if you ask me anything from even like before civil war like i can't yeah. talk to you about it because i i don't remember yeah and then they have like you like you said like there's so many different characters who they're all bringing into this story, who have, who all have their own storylines and motivations for whatever, it's hard to follow. Yeah, it really is. And if if you're ripping them apart, and um, and you know what we'll do? We'll, we'll play a little game here. All right. Because it's one of my favorite things to do. I love making lists. Um, we're going to make a list of our favorite Marvel movies. The ones okay. that are our favorite. Okay. Okay. And the ones that are my favorites are always the ones that deal with interpersonal drama. And, like, the, my favorite one, I think, the best Marvel movie is the original Iron Man, the first one. I think that is the best one because you start with this um, selfish, you know, egotistical playboy who's out in the desert. And he's like, hey, check out my awesome weapons. They blow everything up. <laughs> and then he essentially ends up getting injured by one of his own weapons. I mean, it's it's like the ultimate um, irony. Yeah. And then he ends up having to use his intelligence to save his own life. What's cool about that, too, is the reason why I like Iron Man so much is there's nothing about Iron Man that's more or less just a gift. He doesn't have any special powers. He wasn't given a magical um, ring uh, like the Green Lantern or uh, he's an alien from some other planet. He's a dude. He's a dude that's smart and worked hard. And that's always impressive to me because that means he earned what he got. And you see a character arc with him. You see him change. You see him go from this spoiled rich playboy to a guy who's like, my weapons are killing people. This is messed up. And that's that's still my my favorite one. I think that's the best one. Um, We'll let our our guest uh, go here. Uh, Nathan, what's your favorite of, of the Marvel movies so far? What's your favorite one? I would have to say it's Guardian of the Galaxy, the first one. Okay, yeah, that's a. I like that one a lot too. Yeah, I still haven't seen it. Those are really. Yeah, I haven't seen either of the Guardian movies or Ant Man. Those are the only three that I've missed. I got. I have Ant Man on Blu-ray. I'll have to let you borrow it. Uh, 
Yeah. But Mike, I would say that Iron Man, the original, was really good. They did an excellent job with creating the character. I, I definitely agree with you there. Yeah. Right. And th- I think the thing, too, with Iron Man, too, and, I, and honestly, I think Marvel really benefited from this, which is, unless you were really into comics, like, yeah. Iron Man is not a character that you're super familiar with. Yeah. Like, you would be a la a Batman or, or a Superman, Superman yeah. who, even if you're not really into, you know, nerd culture like that, like, yeah. you know Batman's origin story. You, you know, know Superman's origin did story. Did you know that other than the Christian cross, the most recognizable symbol in the world is the Superman S symbol? Wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. Like, that blew me away. Wow. So, like, you can't – It's they've done a lot of Superman movies, so everybody kind of knows the deal with Superman. But right. you're, you're absolutely right, is a lot of people – me included, because I was never really a huge comic book nerd. There, I, if, it was, if it was X-Men, oh, I know X-Men backwards and forwards. That, that's my jam. But, like, Iron Man, I was like, I knew who he was. Yeah. And I knew that Tony Stark was a drunk at one point, but that was about it. Like <laughs> – the, but the movies made me appreciate him, and Robert Downey Jr. made me interested right. in this character. Right, and 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 that speaks to what I was saying that Marvel had a lot more freedom with their character because Tony and Iron Man in general are big unknowns, so they have freedom to kind of mold his story into whatever they wanted to set up this universe that they've created. Whereas with a Batman or a Superman, it's a little bit harder because people already know. Yeah. People already know these characters, so you have to do things to make them interesting now because we already know the origins. You don't need you don't need yeah. to retell us how Batman became Batman or, or how None Superman came to this planet. Like we don't yeah. we don't need that. And that's partially where DC is failing with their movies, which is they keep retelling stories that we already know. Yeah. Um. But that. I, but I agree with you on. And I, I, excuse me. It's it's where Mar- Marvel had a lot of leeway with their universe yeah. because you know people are unfamiliar with their characters. Yeah. Um, as for me, um, I enjoyed the first Iron Man, but I think my my personal favorite would have to be uh, Winter Soldier. Good call. Would be Winter Soldier, yeah. and, and it's funny because I I watched the first Captain America film and I was like, I yeah. do not care about this guy at all. See, I, I actually I really like that one. It, I mean, it's grown on me now. Yeah. But when I first watched it, I was like, I do not, I don't care. Yeah. This, you know, this like it's cool, but I, I yeah. just, I don't, I don't care. I think, I think Winter Soldier, kind of made me want to revisit the first film. It made you care about. And him. then I'm like, okay, I, okay, yeah. I get it now. Yeah. I, I really liked Winter Soldier a lot. I think it's of all of their movies, it's the best one. It's not my favorite. It's their best. Yeah. Um, I, I still think Iron Man might be my favorite, but now that you reminded me that I really like the first Captain America movie, but I'm also a, I'm also a history nerd though too, so okay. that's like right up my alley. Um, quick uh, quick aside here, if you're just tuning in, uh, you are listening to Mike on the Mic on the Rock Deep Rogue Radio Network. We are joined in studio by Mr. MC Brooks uh, as my co-host tonight, and then we've also got on the phone via the magical mystical means of the internet, we have got uh, Mr. Nathan Cook joining us as well. Uh, we were talking about our favorite Marvel movies. We're, we're kind of going over this because uh, Marvel's uh, Avengers Infinity War is coming out in just a few weeks here. Uh, we, so we're kind of getting ramped up to that. Um, I wanted to go back for just a second here, too, because, Nathan, you had mentioned that Guardians of the Galaxy was your favorite one of all of those uh, Marvel movies so far. Why was that one your favorite? For me, it yeah. was different than the others in terms of the different characters where I felt as if the cast – they just fit like a hand in a glove. So I'm not used to seeing 
um, action fil- films with so many different characters really just work together so perfectly. And yeah. I, I love the humor as well. Yeah, I mean the part with the with the uh, the prosthetic arm with Rocket yes. with, with Rocket Raccoon is like my yes. favorite part. He's like, I can't believe you actually got the arm. Like, yeah, <laughs> like I I really enjoyed the first one. Um, it, it's okay. So here here here's where I get nerdy. So I really liked the first one. The second one I felt was it was forced hmm. because like there there's a scene in there and I'm not going to ruin it for you. <laughs> But like, I don't mind spoilers. It's okay. Fine. <laughs> All right. So there's a scene with Yondu, right? And Yondu's essentially like um, uh, Star Lord's dad, but he's not really his dad. He was it, he raised him okay. uh, because they kidnapped him and he was a pirate with them for a while. But that's what made me mad. It's like at one point Yondu basically like bites the dust in this one, right? And he says something to Peter Quill where he's like, you know, um, Kurt Russell plays his dad in the second one, right? He's like, he may have been your father, but you ain't your daddy, like insinuating that he's <laughs> his father. But Yondu treated him like crap when he was a kid. And like, yeah, okay, he, you might have raised me, but you treated me like dog crap, dude. Like, that doesn't give you anything, okay? And then, like, Yondu dies at the end of the second one, right? And everybody's like, it's supposed to be this, like, tearful thing, and everybody's like, oh, Yondu died. No, F that noise. He treated him like crap. I did not right. care. I was mad. Like, I was watching on my laptop, like, on Netflix, and I was, like, yelling at my laptop, and my wife was like, what movie are you yelling at now? And I was like, Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Like, it just had, it had no emotional resonance for me whatsoever. And, like, I was just, I was just mad. Mad. I was like, why are you doing this? And like, same thing with Thor. Thor Ragnarok. Rich- oh, okay. Thor Ragnarok. Decent flick. Entertaining. However, it is formulaic. It is exactly like the last like seven or eight Marvel movies that they've done. Where it's like, hey, here's this character. Something really, really bad happens. A uh, whole bunch of stuff in the crap in the middle, and then we come back to it. It's basically like Will Ferrell movies, which yep. you put on your Facebook <laughs> that you're not a big fan of Will Ferrell. Um, think about every Will Ferrell movie. Think about um, Step Brothers. Think about right. uh, Ballad of Ricky Bobby. Think about uh, Anchorman. Yep. You've got this one person who's on top of the world. Something happens, takes them down, then they have to come all the way back up to become back to where they were before. Right. Every single one of his movies is like that, and Marvel has done the same thing. But Marvel doesn't care. Marvel's like, hey, you know what? It's putting butts in seats, and we're making millions of dollars of doing it. Just enjoy. Yep. And they're all really fun to watch, and they're all really enjoyable. But for me, where I'm more interested in a good story, it's it's just not enough. Did you find the humor in Thor Ragnarok a little forced at times? I, I did, but at the same time, too, I really enjoyed parts of it. I like that they took um, – so in uh, Civil War, Thor wasn't in Civil War. Right. And they did these YouTube shorts to explain where Thor was. And it's like Thor had this roommate, and it was just like some dude, right? <laughs> and they, they managed to like tap into the sense of humor with Thor where he's just completely clueless because he's, you know, he's from Asgard, so he right. doesn't get human stuff. And he's trying to understand it. <laughs> and they really tapped into that with, with Ragnarok too. But like that part when, when Hulk comes out, Oh. And he just goes, I know him. He's a friend from work. Like, and then Thor starts beating his ass, and he's just like, you're making me hilarious. look like a jerk. What are you doing? Like, that was that was probably, like, one of the funniest parts of that movie. But the, the rest I of the humor, I know yeah, what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was, it, that, that part was, was, was amazing. Yeah. Um, do you think that there's any way that Infinity War is going to sour people? On, on comic books because like we, we had this conversation on GGR uh, a couple weeks ago where we wanted to know if the this golden age of geekdom where all the movies are just are killer and like the comic books and just everything is awesome are we eventually just going to get to a point where we are, we're just tired of this possibly um, 
I think it's po- I, I mean, I think anything is possible with it. It's been, I mean, it's been a really great run, a great 10 year run for Marvel. And I think depending on what they do and perhaps the characters they decide to yeah. off in this film or Avengers four, whichever, yeah. uh, that could set, that could set the stage. Cause I know, you know, many people who have been around since Marvel, you know, created this universe. Yeah. Are emotionally tied to Iron Man, to Captain America, to the yeah. to the original Avengers, because you know, I won't lie, like I was 20, 20 years old when they came out. Yeah, I was you know still in college, so like you know these these movies, you know, are kind of sentimental to me because I you know I remember them coming out and I was you know I was really into them, you know, so I I could I could see it. I, I think it's going to really depend on what they decide to do, yeah, and the like, what kind of storylines they decide to go post Avengers, yeah, because you're going to have to try to garner excitement for these new characters who are not going to be Robert Downey Jr.'s Tony Stark, uh, not going to be Captain America or Thor or whomever they decide to get yeah. rid of. They're not going to be these characters, so Marvel's going to have to find a way to to create the excitement for these characters. Uh, they've gotten lucky with Black Panther because, like yeah. I said, I don't think they anticipated it really taking off as much as well as it did. But you're going to have to find the way to do that with perhaps whomever you decide to bring in next. So, um, yeah, and we'll keep we'll keep going on this in just a second, though, but uh, but our, our guest does have to go. Okay. So, uh, Nathan, again, thank you for hanging in there, man. I know that me and Marcus talk a lot, so, like, it's hard <laughs> to get a word in edgewise. Um, I wanted to give you a chance one more time to go ahead and um, and push your stuff, man. Tell us where people can find this, because, like, this success board, man, we've been talking about this. This might be something that I need to have uh, in my bedroom, like, right next to our big TV, uh, just to keep my keep my eye on the prize, so to speak. Tell us where we can find these things. Yeah, absolutely. And it's definitely been a pleasure with you, MC and Mike. And the success board, you guys can find it at thesuccessboard.com. And with the delivery time, you'll have it within five business days. And everything is included. Like I mentioned, you'll get the adhesive strips, you'll get the dry erase marker. Um, You'll also receive a free six-week coaching plan that you'll set up a free uh, text service that I'll send out coaching text through. Oh, nice. Excellent. Excellent. Yep. Okay. I um, mean, we've already, our own uh, Jeremy Lee has already said that he's going to be picking up a success board. So there you go. You've already got one sale out of this for sure. So, okay. Well, um, I appreciate it. You guys, of course, you got any events coming up that uh, we can, we can catch you at. Um, I, I have actually events, but they're private. So companies oh. typically hire me to come out and speak at their events, but no Thanks. private events that I'm that. holding. You gotta, you gotta know somebody who knows somebody. <laughs> To get time with Nathan Cook, so he's like he's he's like us all the time when we had press badges. He's right. like, do you know who I am? I'm booked exactly. all over the country. He's like Ric Flair. He's like you know Lear Jets, fur coats, wheeling and dealing, wheeling and dealing, son of a gun. Woo! Yeah. All right, Nathan. Again, man, thank you so much for coming on tonight. We appreciate it, buddy. Definitely. Yeah, enjoy it myself. You guys have a good one. You too. You too. All right, bye. All right. That's good stuff. Like it, it, that's one of the reasons why I wanted to have him on is like. Somebody who's trying to make a difference, who's trying to help right. people. Like, that's what we're all about. And, right. like, it's, he's a perfect fit. And hopefully we will see more from him. The cool thing about it is his wife, Corinne. Corinne was on one of our episodes of the news feed, like, oh. right after uh, Viv and I decided to go uh, vegetarian. Oh. So, like, they're like a power couple. That's you know, awesome. They're just doing, doing awesome things, you know. She's oh. teaching people how to eat healthy and live a healthy lifestyle. He's like, get your game straight, get your life straight. 
Oh, that's success awesome. board. Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. Um, so back to uh, movies. I wanted to real quick. Jay put his movies in here. Uh, he okay. said his he he put three. He had Doctor Strange, Ant Man, and Black Panther. That right? Okay, so you didn't catch it, Jay, because you know we're not a, a video <laughs> podcast. But he just, MC just rolled his eyes. Like Doctor Strange was, <laughs> Doctor Strange was okay. It was pretty good. But like, I'm I'm. Uh, it's all right. I just yeah, it was. I yeah, I right? fell asleep it's, it's the first right. two times I tried to watch the movie. Like not, and I wasn't yeah. even tired. I was yeah. just I put it on. I was like, let me check it out. I want to be up to date with yeah. you know all the movies that are out and yeah. I just I couldn't conjure. I I couldn't I couldn't make myself care about him very much. Yeah, and I I, I finished it and I I don't remember much of it now. <laughs> yeah, I remember that the the graphics were pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. But like, yeah, it was it was all right. Yeah. Like, um, and and he said and he, he backed up his his reasoning. He said I liked it because it wasn't the Avengers, which I can I can yeah, dig that. Th- yeah, that's yeah. fine. Yeah. Um, he also I mean Black Panther. I mean obviously. Yeah. Um, and then Ant Man. Like yeah. I I I gotta let you borrow Ant Man. I loved it. I thought Ant Man was great, um, I've but I love Paul Rudd. I think he's hilarious. He is hilarious. Yeah, and, and the movie was really really good too. Yeah, I've I've heard nothing but good things about it. I've I've, I've also seen um, a little bit of the trailers for the new one that's oh, going to be coming out. Yeah, Ant Man and the I'm Lost, like, yeah. this looks pretty cool. Okay, yeah. I have to check the first one out so I can go see this one and, yeah. and get it. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think like if I had to name a third one, um, because definitely Iron Man, um. Winter Soldier. Hmm. Okay, so we're doing Marvel movies. I would say, because um, it's not the Marvel Marvel, it's uh, Fox Marvel. Okay. Uh, X-Men First Class. Oh, that was a great film. Yeah. I loved the... I loved who they picked as Magneto. Michael Fassbender is incredible. They were both phenomenal yeah. in that film. And, and Professor Xavier. I really like James McAvoy as well. Um they do. There's a really, really funny video online of, uh, and it's on YouTube, of the two of them when they're having that moment where he teaches them how to use his powers without getting angry. Yeah. But it's set to uh, Cold Place Fix You, underneath <laughs> of it. So it's like a love story, and it's, the, it's the best. It's the, it's so freaking funny. But yeah, like that's that's one of my favorite X Men movies, and because I feel like they finally got it right. All the other ones were okay. Um, I didn't really like um, Days of Future Past that much. I thought it was okay. Was that the that was the sequel? That was the one was, where was that the third one? with the Sentinels and like Wolverine goes back in time and like oh uh, yeah. yeah I don't yeah that move that one was okay yeah 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 uh, Peter Dinklage is in it he was yeah. uh, he was Boulevard Trask yeah yeah that was okay yeah it was okay yeah it was yeah um, but then the one they did Apocalypse okay. the most recent one I liked that one um, because we finally got to see Cyclops again because he's my favorite X Men yeah I need to watch that one from the beginning because I, yeah. I caught like. I caught like towards the end of it, so I haven't I haven't seen the the, the entire thing. Yeah. So now, you, you would, had mentioned you had mentioned uh, Winter Soldier. Yeah. Uh, what other ones have you really really enjoyed? Uh, let's see. Uh, Winter Soldier, Black Panther, yeah. for obvious reasons. I yeah. could go on, but I won't. Yeah. Uh, the first uh, I, I, the first two Iron Man mo- Iron Man movies I enjoyed. Yeah. Uh, You know, I really enjoyed. I really enjoyed Homecoming, Spider-Man: Homecoming. I still haven't seen that yet. I, I really enjoy. I kind of enjoyed it more than I thought because I because I, I didn't want them to do another Spider-Man origin. Yeah. Because I felt like that would have been overkill considering they rebooted the franchise um, again. Um, but I, yeah. I actually really enjoy. I really enjoyed that film. I kind of liked. I like how I, I like who they picked to play Tony. I'm mean, not Tony. Um, 
Oh, Peter. Yes, thank you. Peter Parker. Yeah. yeah. I like who they picked to, to play Peter. Uh, I thought the story was was really really well done, and they made Peter. I feel like, like I feel like they tried to they tried to force uh, Tobey Maguire to kind of be a teenager, even though he clearly wasn't. He was like forty. Wasn't yeah, he? and it's like it didn't it didn't really work. It didn't come off as organic. But who they who they got for for the, for Homecoming? Uh, I felt like was the was the perfect selection for. It, it was the perfect mix of. Oh my God! I have powers. This is exciting. I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, this is great. This is terrible. Oh my gosh! What am I doing? Like I, I felt like it was it was it was perfect because it also wasn't like he just figured out his powers like 30 minutes in. Yeah. And then the rest of the movie was him using it to defeat the bad guy. It was him. Yeah. It, it was it was it was it was truly an adolescent tale, kind of like you're trying to figure it out as you go along. Yeah. And and that's what made that movie really awesome. Okay. So I, I would pick that. We got like we got like fifteen minutes left until we wrap up. Um, sure. Let's just keep talking about movies. All right. Um, <laughs> going before this this recent push of Marvel stuff, my still to this day one of my favorite Marvel movies of all time is the I want to say it was like two thousand four, uh, the Thomas Jane Punisher. They did. Oh. With John Travolta as yes. the bad guy. I love that movie. Wow. Yeah. I have like very very vague memories of seeing. Yeah, because it's been it's been it's been a hot minute since it's been out. I mean, shoot, it's fourteen years old now at this point. Um, that's that's it, they just did such a good job with it, and it was it was such a good retelling. Because before that, the only other Punisher we had was that Dolph Lundgren '80s <laughs> version where he had the Punisher van, and it was just weird. <laughs> um, that all being said, though, the Marvel series they just did on Netflix of the Punisher was dope as fuck it was amazing like, it was so good it it made that movie look like a pile of crap but like my wife and i were talking about that because we both enjoyed that punisher movie and she watched the entire series of the punisher with me which is rare because normally she doesn't watch the comic book stuff with me but she said that like they're both good but they're in their own ways right because this is a series the other one was a movie and like but yeah like the punisher is one of my favorite characters and they just they did him justice in both of those and i really enjoyed them I really like him because he's about that action. You know, yeah. I feel like with a, with a lot of with a lot of superheroes, they're kind of like, you know, I don't want to kill. I'm I'm hesitant to to do this. And Punisher's just like, no, you you got to go. I'm just yeah. I'm not even gonna deal with you anymore. You you got to go. Well, I think the Punisher taps into something that like a lot of us realistically feel too is like if something happened to our family and we lost all of our family, we might do something like that. Right. Like, would we have the means to do it? Probably not. The police would probably stop us. But, like, the Punisher is like, oh, hell no. I have right. connections. I have training. You guys are so boned. And, like, they managed to do it without making it, like, a an orgy of violence. Right. And that's that's what I appreciated with it is, like, it was violent. It was really violent. But yeah. at the same time, too, it was tastefully done and artfully done, too. Like, it almost, almost beautiful in a way. Right. And I think, too, uh, this is one of the rare occasions where – when a company decides to make something solely f for fan consumption, like yeah. it wasn't originally part of their series plans, it was just people enjoyed him in yeah. uh, Daredevil so much that you know they it was went great in Daredevil. Yeah, yeah I, I love the entire season. Yeah, the entire season was great. It, it, it's crazy to me whenever I come across people who don't like Daredevil, yeah, or, or don't care about like that show at all. See, that show was. I, I still feel like that's that's the the one. I mean, that was the one that started it in the first place, and I and that. For those two seasons have just been dynamite. Like that is such a good show. Exactly. Did you? Uh, How'd you feel about Electra? I I liked her. 
but like I've, everybody complains about Electra, whether it was the Electra played by Jennifer Garner in the Dare, in the um, Ben Affleck Daredevil movie, or whether it was this girl in um, in this uh, season of Daredevil. I thought she was good. She's she was obnoxious and annoying, but you know what she was in the comic book too? Obnoxious and annoying, <laughs> and it was a good fit. And I, I'm I'm kind of glad that after the Defenders, the hand is pretty much done. Mm-hmm. Because we need some some new villains. Because like it's cool fighting ninjas and stuff. That I mean everybody likes a good ninja fight. But like let's get something a little bit different for a change. Yeah, I'm I'm curious to see where they decide to take the franchise going forward. Because they there there were plenty of Easter eggs in the Defender series as far as what's next. Like yeah. we know that they're going to they're going to do Daughters of the Dragon at some point. Oh yeah. Uh, they kind of hinted at it with with Misty and um, I can't wait to see her her cybernetic arm, dude. Yeah, it's I'm gonna, so it's gonna be that. it's gonna be awesome. Yeah. I like how they they changed that narrative for the Netflix show. Yeah, how uh, they had uh, Iron Fist play uh, pay for it as opposed to you know Tony uh, creates it. Yeah. in the comic and that that's the yeah. but we also know that uh, Iron Fist is going to be in this season of Luke Cage, which comes out in June. Oh, we're gonna get Heroes for Hire. Yes, yes. yes. But that's the perfect balance for Iron Fist because right. he. I feel, he, I, he got trashed hard. Like people in season one, people were were just ripping him a new one. They did not like him at all. They were like, "Danny Rand is a punk." Like I'm annoyed with him. He just he just screams white privilege. And I was like, <laughs> "Yeah, but that's who he is. Yeah. Like that's perfect." Like I, I think though, I think even that aside, the yeah. this, the series itself was just not very well done and very it was, it was very rushed. Like it mid, did seem rushed, the, the, yeah. co- the choreography for many of the fight scenes just seemed yeah like they didn't really like yeah yeah like I felt like I watched more believable fight scenes on the original Power Rangers like it was it was just it was not very good yeah. but when I did read uh, that for some reason when they were doing Iron Fist that many of the times uh, they were learning the fight scene choreography like 15 minutes before shooting and that's part of the reason why yeah. the scenes are so poorly done i feel like they had to rush it in order to fit it into uh before defenders came out and like maybe now that they don't have that pressure yeah we'll get a better iron fist and we'll get better choreography because like i understand that the choreography wasn't wonderful but i still really enjoy that series and when in defenders when luke cage is just busting his ass and then all of a sudden he bends down and yeah. he lights that thing up and he nails him in the face that was so awesome he like, was so much more tolerable in Def- I, I really yeah. that's my unpopular opinion like i yeah. really liked him in defenders yeah because i felt like his personality yeah uh was was uh the perfect yang to the yin of this the seriousness yeah. of daredevil jessica jones and luke cage oh yeah like and, and danny comes off like a child, but I feel like yeah. that's that's also him. I mean, you he, he think, was the like, he was the annoying little brother, but it yeah. fit and it worked. It totally did, and not only that too. I mean, if you think about it, he lost his parents when he was eight, and then he was abducted, uh, not abducted, but he was adopted by Shaolin monks. Well, not Shaolin. I mean, I'm sorry. Like they were, <laughs> it, it was different. It was it was uh, Kunlun, um, yeah. <laughs> but whatever. It's Shaolin. Okay, we know what it was. But like, and then he comes back to that same place. So. To have a little disassociativeness and being like, I'm back home, I'm an eight-year-old, or not an eight-year-old, I want to say he was like 12 or 13 or yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm 12 or 13 all over again. But the thing that blew me up, my mind the most was, how did that damn iPod still work? <laughs> that was like a Gen 1 iPod, and that thing still worked. Like, no problems either. Mine still works, surprisingly enough. Really I don't good. I don't, I don't, don't use it ever. Yeah. 
But yeah, mine still works. It wow. just it sits in a drawer in my room. Well, there. Okay, so it's <laughs> it's it's possible. Okay, all right. I just I think. Yeah, he was really, really enjoyable in Defenders, like, when they're in the Chinese restaurant, and he's just like, just order everything on yeah. the menu. And, like, <laughs> and that line between him and uh, and Daredevil when he was just like, oh, I think those are uh, I think those are shrimp egg rolls. And Daredevil goes, no, those are pork. Those are shrimp. And he's like, oh, okay, all right. <laughs> I will say the, the, the only thing he did that really kind of annoyed me, which was um, when he was down with Elektra and he was like, yeah. oh, my fist is the key. Yeah. Let me light it up and swing at and you know swing at you. Yeah. Oh snap! I unlocked the thing you wanted me to unlock to begin with. Yeah, he's an idiot. <laughs> yeah, he's totally an idiot. Yeah. Like I mean, that was that was the only thing he did that was like, oh come on, guy, like yeah. what are you doing? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, like what were they calling him? They were calling him uh, Trustafarian Napoleon Dynamite. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to remember some of the other nicknames <laughs> that they had for him, but like he was he. I still think he could be good. And I think a good Luke Cage-Iron Fist combo will be enough to balance him out. Yeah, I, I, I like their, their back and, the back and forth they had in yeah. Defenders. It was, it, was, it was pretty awesome. Yeah. And I feel like whatever, they decide, whatever, they, whatever story they decide to use the two of them for yeah. um, in this new, new uh, Luke Cage series will be dope. Yeah. I'm willing to give him a shot. Yeah, yeah I, I am too. Uh, I am going to play the theme song to one of my favorite movies uh comic book movies of all time um i don't care what people say i don't care if they like the nolan version more i don't care if they like the affleck version more i don't care if they like the clooney version well nobody really likes the clooney yeah, version. bad nipples yeah or the val kilmer version this michael keaton movie 1989 the goat i was seven years old like i don't know you you were too young yeah, it was only it was only a year yeah, old exactly. when it came out. To really appreciate what happened with this movie, okay? Because this was one of the, the first movies that was like not just a movie. There were TV commercials for this, there was McDonald's tie-ins, there were toys, there were billboards, everything you could possibly imagine. Like, this was the biggest damn thing that ever happened ever. Yeah, Michael Keaton's short. Okay, so what? He was Batman, and it was awesome. <laughs> And like this, this is the mo- this is the movie that single handedly made me fall in love with comic books. Like if it wasn't for this, I would have never really gotten into comic books because I wanted to know more about Batman. Because before this, Batman was just some chump on the Super Friends. You know, oh, he hung out with Scooby Doo. He's a he's not a superhero. <laughs> Nobody cool hangs out with Scooby Doo. Come on. Wait, 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 wait. Is Batman a superhero? I think he is. He he can he can go toe to toe with people that actually have superpowers. And he's like he's a he's a ninja, he's a detective, he's a scientist. I mean, he just he's he's rich. I mean, what else do you need? <laughs> he's white. Like obviously, that's all you need to be a superhero. <laughs> that combination of things right there. Um, this one, and then um, because I was little, going back and watching that first Superman movie with Christopher Reeve, I still think that this is the most accurate to what the character actually is superhero movie Hmm. i think this one nails superman pretty much down um there have been other versions that have been pretty good but like i feel like christopher reeve managed to get superman right and he managed to get clark kent right right like we were talking with yuli like yeah yeah he he made a differentiation between the two characters like you could see that they were two different people he acted like somebody different when he was when he was um when he was Clark. Right. As opposed to when he was Superman. 
And like, this movie has the right feeling for Superman. It's hope. Right. You know? Like, even that whole, like, flying around the Earth and turning back time, okay, okay, maybe he can't do that. But, you know, like, it doesn't matter. <laughs> he's Superman. He's hope. Like, that's that's what he symbolizes. And, like, I think this one nailed it. What's, what is your, give me, like, the one that, like, was, like, the gateway drug, more or less, for you, and then the one that was, that you think is, like, the truest to character. Uh, I'm kind of embarrassed to that's say. Okay. <laughs> We're all friends here, uh, man. It's all good. Actually, the the movie the the movie that really kind of roped me in was uh, Batman Forever. I can dig that. <laughs> I can dig that. And, and I, I can, went and saw Batman Forever like four or five times in the theater. Dude. And I can totally acknowledge that it's it's a it's a good awful movie. Like, yes, it's like it's not good at all. But I enjoy watching it so much. So and and I will watch it whenever whenever it's on TV. Oh yeah. So like, yeah. That that that's the one that really kind of kind of roped me in because from there i was i became and even to this day i still am like a really huge batman fan yeah and it started it started there um as far as being truest to character that's hmm. does it have to be live action no it doesn't have to be live action i would say virtually any of the dc animated films right <laughs> yeah any just pick one any oh, yeah. of the, any of the dc animated film they're all fantastic whether it's flashpoint which which was which was fantastic yeah. or the other i can't remember the other one or son of batman which i thought was really awesome um any of the dc well not the killing joke not that one but any of the That's, other <laughs> see the funny thing with the killing joke is like <laughs> so um one of the other guys that's on FXBG Public Radio, Scott, we talked about this. The reason the Killing Joke isn't right, I, I've n- I never liked it because it doesn't. That's not Batman. That's kind of how I felt. Yeah. Um, it was because it was written by Alan Moore, and Alan Moore projects himself into all these characters. So he made Batman um, a nihilist, where he doesn't care about anything. Nothing mean. It, nothing is is meaningful to him, right. and that's why that doesn't fit right. Because, like, for him to have that fight with the Joker, and the Joker basically, he ends up raping Barbara Gordon, he ends up essentially almost murdering a Jim Jim Gordon to the point where he's probably mentally scarred, and then at the end the Joker tells a joke and they laugh? No, F right. that. If, he, if the Joker had told the Batman a joke, Batman would have jacked him in the jaw and then arrested him. Like, taken his Pretty face much, and, like, yeah. thrown it into the ground and then, like, arrested him. There is no, like, oh, ha, 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 because we have this great back and forth. You just, like, crippled one of your assistants and, like, <laughs> almost killed the dude that you've been working with with the police force for, like, over 20 years. Like, right. it's garbage. Plus that me and you are the same thing is largely one-sided from the Joker. That's not a, that's not a Batman thing No, because Batman always says we're nothing alike. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That, and that's why I was so weird. Yeah. I felt awkward watching it. Yeah, it was well, just, that's because Alan Moore's weird and yeah. gross, and he's like, he's like that one uncle that you don't really want to talk to because he's just weird, but like you gotta go hug him anyways, and you're like, I don't really want to talk to him, and he's like, let me tell you about this, what the government's doing. No, you know what, you know what, Uncle Alan Moore, that's cool. How about I'm just gonna go over here and stay away from you. I heard the stories. Uh, I'm I'm out of here. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think the DC the DC ones are. Yeah, are I will watch incredible. any any I will watch any of them. Sans that one. Sans the Killing Joke. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on that one. Um. The one that I want to end on, and let me give me just one second, if I can find it. There it is. I want to play the music for it because um, it is, in my opinion, of the recent ones. Deadpool <laughs> was so dead on. 
to his character. Yes. Ryan Ryan Reynolds essentially is Deadpool. It's one of the is one of those castings where you you really just can't imagine who else they they even thought of putting there. Yeah, if Ryan Reynolds w- wasn't able to do it, right? I can't. I I don't know who else could have could have done it. Honestly, yeah. like maybe if Jim Carrey were younger, yeah, maybe. But no, I could. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. I, I I just don't think anybody really could have pulled it off other than him. And yeah, like he he just he nailed this so well. This movie was so good. I didn't. I've never been a huge Deadpool fan because I feel like he's um, the problem that I have with him is he's he's too like everybody latches onto him. Oh, he's so random. He's so funny. Like, and it's just like, all right, you don't get why, you know what? Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it, you just kind of roll your eyes. And you're like, all right, cool. Whatever you're into it. That's, that's great. You know, but like people get way too into him and it's like, all right, let, let's just chill with the Deadpool stuff. <laughs> and I'm afraid that he's going to get overused and I'm afraid that he's going to get played out really quick. And it sucks. Cause he's a good character. I could, I could, I could see that. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see how this, sequel does when it comes out oh, this looks so good though with cable yeah like, yeah okay true or false did you watch uh wrestling growing up yes uh would kevin nash would have been a great cable right like if you ju- if you're just looking at him yeah without especially you know, now yeah because he's got gray hair yeah yeah like honestly like i saw they, there's a there's a side by side i saw after when the when the initial rumors for cable came out yeah there was a side by side between what he looked like in the comics and kevin nash yeah and i was like that guy would be perfect him if, and uh and homeboy from uh from avatar like yes the bad guy from avatar yeah yeah he would have made a good cable yes. but honestly josh brolin looks no, the part yeah, no, dude. absolutely absolutely yeah. I'm, I'm still excited to go see it yeah i'm just i'm i'm, I'm just interested to see how they do it just to see how well this film does, because didn't um, like the one of the writers from the original like leave, or weren't there like people from yeah, the original who left? Yeah, somebody that's not involved in the second one, and they were worried that that was going to be a problem. Because I remember, because uh, I think Ryan Reynolds wrote this one, I believe, right? I, I, I think I read somewhere that he he wrote this uh, this new movie that came out that's coming out. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, I'm, I'm so I'm interested to see if there's, you know, if there's any like continuity issues or if like the humor comes off as just kind of really forced at parts. Yeah. I mean, if the trailer is any indication, you know, it should still do really well when yeah. it comes out. I think it's going to do well no matter what. I don't think it'll be as good as the first one because it's kind of hard. Like very rarely do sequels surpass their original, with the exception of like Empire Strikes Back. Okay. But yeah, like most sequels are just never as good as the first one. Are there are there any other sequels that you would say are better than the original? Wow. Well, I think would Winter Soldier be on that list? I think yes, but no. Because, because okay, with, with Empire, here's the problem with sequels is they all need the original in order to be good. Right. Because, like, the reason Empire Strikes Back was, was good was because this first Star Wars was like, oh, it's cool and it's exciting and it's fun and it's action-packed. And the second one was just like, hey, remember all that cool stuff that happened? A bunch of bad shit's going to happen to all those people that you like. Like, <laughs> one dude gets turned into a coffee table, other dude gets his hand chopped off, and it turns out that the bad guy that you thought was a robot, no, there's a crusty old dude inside of there, and he's the hero's dad. And you're like, what? And then that's the end of the movie, and you're just like, well, sh- damn, what am I going to do now? i to wait, like, another four years for this next one to come out? Like, that was, that was some serious shit. That, and, like... What was funny too was like a lot of people now um, are looking back on that 
and they're comparing Last Jedi to Empire Strikes Back hmm. because everybody was like in an uproar over Empire Strikes Back when it first came out. And they were like, oh, it's so bad. It's nothing like Star Wars and we don't like it and we hate it. And that was how people were responding to Last Jedi, which hmm. did – how did you feel about Last Jedi? I haven't seen it. I won't lie. I okay. Seen it. <laughs> okay. We'll, we'll, we'll shelf this for another episode. And I think that that's a good tease. We'll save this yeah. for another episode. Absolutely. We'll talk about sequels that are better than the original. But, like, what's what's one that you think is better? Uh, let's see. That's a really hard question I'm on I the know. spot. Uh, let's see. Good sequels. Good sequels. What have I seen recently? Would it be a cop out to go win a soldier? No, <laughs> I, no, because it, because it teases it teases for the next episode of Mike on the Mic, where we will get into that. We will uh, dive into sequels. that. That's a good question. That's a really good question. Yeah, I'm trying to think of them right now, and I'm coming. Up, I'm drawing a blank. Um, there's so because there's so many there's so many options. Yeah, right. If you narrowed it down. Uh, yeah, it's hmm. it's it's very difficult. That's hard. A lot of people say Godfather Two is better than the first Godfather. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, obviously, Fast and the Furious Tokyo Drift was better. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Tokyo Drift was garbage. Um, I'm trying to think of another sequel that was better. Um, I think, uh, I, yeah, it's, it's that's hard, a, that's isn't a it? Hard, that is a really hard question. Because for the most part, the original is better. For the most part. But we will come back with this the next time we're around. So stay tuned, folks. Next month in the month of May, we will be talking about the best sequels. We'll be talking about the sequels that were better than the originals. Uh, so, look, I don't even have to come up with a topic, man. Good job. Yes. Way to go. You were <laughs> so staying on this team, man. Uh, yes, uh, Jay, to answer your question, Cable is Cyclops and Jean Grey's son. But they're not both dead. Well, they're not dead in the time. Don't worry about it, man. Yeah. It's complicated. It's comic books. Don't worry yeah. about it. Uh, but thank you to everybody who tuned in. Uh, thank you to uh, Nathan Cook for coming on again. You guys can check him out at NathanCook.com or TheSuccessBoard.com. Um, check us out on rockdeeproguradio.com. You can check us out on Instagram. We're on Twitter. We're on Facebook. We're all over the place. There will be a review of AwesomeCon uh, up that I will be doing. I'll have some pictures that uh, – because our Instagram is flooded with pictures right now from uh, AwesomeCon. So check those out. But we'll put them in the post as well so that you guys can see those. Um, and I might even be able to get a, a couple of surprises for you as well. I got a friend who's a really, really awesome photographer. I'm going to see if she's willing to uh, share some of her awesome pictures that she got too. Um, but for – all of our friends here at Rock Deep Rogue Radio for MC Brooks, who's in studio with me. My name is Mike Lunsford, and this has been Rock Deep Rogue Radio's Mike on the Mic. What are we going to close with music-wise tonight? I don't want to close with this. <laughs> Let me see if I can find it. Hang on. I have a really, really good one. I've been on this 8-bit, 8-bit music kick as well. Oh. Let me see if I can find it. Let's keep listening to the DMX. Oh, here it is. I found it. Hey, the DMX. He was on an episode of um, of Fresh Off the Boat, which is the uh, Eddie Wong series about how Eddie Wong, the chef, like he grew up in D.C. Yeah. and he moved to Orlando. Um, and he has – it's set in the 90s, right? But he has DMX on the show <laughs> like right now. Like it's, it was filmed like last year, right? And DMX looks old. And like the kid in the show is like – he makes you look old. He goes, it's because I got a kid. I'm stressed out. Like, it was, <laughs> he was just, he was still like his angry, irritable DMX self. It was wonderful. <laughs> All right, I got it. Okay, so I got this 8 bit version of uh, the Pirates of the Caribbean theme song. Oh, awesome. And it's dope. There we go. So we'll do a proper outro here. 
Guys, make sure you check out rockdeeprogradio.com. Uh, make sure you check out our host here. Uh, that's fxbgpublicradio.com. I am a part of this. I'm actually one of the uh, one of the. I don't even know what you'd call me, like CEO or something. I don't know. I'm one of the the, the chair people of FXBG Public Radio. We're going to be doing some awesome stuff there. We're doing awesome stuff over at GGR as well. That is greatgeekrefuge.com. Check them out. Again, check out Ulysses Campbell at fantasticforum.tv, or you can check him out on WERA.FM. He does Arlington in the Morning. He does Fantastic Forum as well, which is a radio show, which will be on this Saturday from 4 to 5. Uh, Mr. MC Brooks, you got anything on the hopper? Anything uh, working right now? Uh... Yes, actually, I'll be launching my show at the end of this month, 425. Oh, snap, that's right. That's right. So April 25th. And if you guys don't hear from me over the next couple of weeks, make sure you tune in. There you go. 425. I'll, I'll be here. The yet-to-be-named MC Brooks solo joint. Oh, can I say? I, I have a name. You I a can, name? I do have a name. Okay, hang on. i got to turn on the pirates. Okay, what is it? <laughs> the Overflow with MC Brooks. Ooh, I like that. The overflow. You. What is the overflow going to be about? We'll see. <laughs> we'll <laughs> I, see. I got a title, I might, but I don't I know might, what it's I about. Might, I might have a topic. Uh, the topic I have now might not be might not be what gets discussed on four twenty five. But you got some stuff bouncing around. Got some ideas. Nice. Okay, I can dig it. On that note, thanks again, guys, for tuning in. Uh, this has been Mike on the mic. This has been a Rock Deep Rogue Radio production. 